Thank you. You can take pictures if you want to. Each May, shortly after commencement and after I've had time to tie up the loose ends, clean up the desks, delete no longer needed emails, I begin to think about what I should say in the next State of the University address. The senior administrative team does their part by retreating with me for two days to explore what issues and then I spend July and August wondering why anyone would want to sit through such a speech. <laughs> Perhaps delivering it this morning is designed to transfer the burden of that question from me to you. I have tried to be sensitive to the length of my remarks this year. After last year's address, I heard a faculty member recalling what Abraham Lincoln had said about one of his opponents. He can compress the most words into the smallest idea of any man I know. Yet this occasion gives us the opportunity to come together and rejoice in our accomplishments and the talent that resides here. This is by anyone's definition quite a remarkable place and quite a remarkable time in the history of the university. The most also visible is the work that you all are doing, faculty, staff from across the university, in assisting our admissions office in generating increased enrollment by students with strong academic credentials. For the third year, we will experience a sizable increase in enrollment. Less visible, but more important, are the interactions in and out of our classrooms that you have with our students, interactions that are resulting in increased retention, increased graduation rates, and increased student accomplishments. And perhaps the least visible, because it cannot be collected in a single statistic, is the day-to-day -day contributions that our faculty and staff make to the citizens of Nebraska by responding to their needs, by providing the insights of our research communities, and by contributing in a variety of ways to the quality of life in Nebraska. I wish you all could have shared a late afternoon concert by the Kiara Quartet at the movie theater in Curtis, Nebraska where almost 250 of the 700 people who live in Curtis attended. One woman told me she was going to frame the printed program because it was the only time in history where Carnegie Hall, a part of the Kiara's resume, and Curtis, Nebraska were on the same page. I believe Nebraskans are increasingly aware of the quality of their statewide land-grant comprehensive research university and the importance of our success to their future. Sees the difficulty in every opportunity, an optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. I remain an optimist. Nebraska, like many states, engages in budget discussions under a false rhetoric, thinking the costs of Medicare and the support for K through 12 education are, quote, mandatory expenditures, whereas investments in the university are discretionary. But whether Nebraskans will be positioned in the future to fund these mandatory programs may to some ex significant extent depend on whether they make investments today in this university. You can do your part in proving my thesis correct by seizing the opportunity in this difficulty, this, thus continuing to demonstrate the quality of our programs and their potential for Nebraska. ...issues this year in large part because of our increased enrollment. Next year, we may face greater budget obstacles, but as 
Henry Ford said, obstacles are those frightful things you see when you take your eyes off your goal. We will continue to focus on our goal of enhancing the power of red and all it means for students, for faculty, and for the community at large. I am fortunate to serve with an extraordinary group of individuals who lead this university. Teamwork is essential to managing a place like this. It means you never have to accept all of the blame yourself and it gives your critics someone else to shoot at. Thus, I hope you will indulge me the time to introduce them. Please hold your applause until the end. They're out there. With a special welcome for Susan Poser, who has just begun her service as associate to the chancellor, Will the other members of the senior administrative teams please stand and be recognized? And with a special welcome for David Manderscheid, who joins us as the new Dean of the College of Arts and Sciences, will the deans please stand and be recognized? during the last year in every division, not only in the academic units, but in student affairs and business affairs with every class of employee, not only, not only for faculty, but for staff as well. Your successes are too numerous and too diverse. We will publish a special edition of The Scarlet and it too will have to be selective. My hope is that each achievement, large and small, is recognized and valued by all of us. Because of your work, this is a vibrant place we have come far, we have far to go. As the old saying goes, if everything is coming your way, you might be in the wrong lane. <laughs> we have only scratched the surface on our potential. We are not lacking in opportunities to improve. We have only undergraduate education and research. The state has two priorities, keeping young people in Nebraska and diversifying our economy. Our priorities are aligned. The growing reputation of our undergraduate experience and the human touch that you bring to our recruiting has resulted in three successive years of increased enrollment. Unleashing the talent of our faculty and making some key investments has significantly enhanced our competitiveness in research and has opened several opportunities to contribute to Nebraska's economy. We are, in fact, in the right lane. Undergraduate education is our most important responsibility because it's all about the future. Our recent enrollment increases impose additional responsibilities on us individually in capacity and infrastructure are adjusted to these new numbers of students. We must enhance even more our efforts to assure that each and every student is successful, that each and every student is retained at UNL from new student enrollment to commencement. We should constantly remind ourselves that enrollment numbers are not just numbers, that each enrollee has a story to tell, that most are young adults preparing themselves to be successful in their lives and their careers, that most come with a parent or guardian or friend or family member who has seen fit to entrust them to our care. Our jobs are so important and so much fun because they involve the responsibility to shape and to influence the lives of others.
I can name the teacher or teachers whose involvement helped them identify their interest and stimulated them to pursue them. We should regard it as an institutional and individual failure if even one of the new students who joined our community this week fails to encounter someone here who pushes them towards success. While remaining skeptical of the methodology of U.S. News and World Report surveys, we can still take some pride in the dramatic rise of this university on the objective metrics that measure the success of undergraduate education. We are firmly in the top 50 public universities. Nebraska is among 26 states that is home to a top public university. Even better, Nebraskans pay less in tuition than all of the residents of those 26 received confirmation of our success through the results of our 10-year accreditation. To be accredited was expected. To be given a complete, clean bill of health without any further reporting requirements or follow-up visitations is quite remarkable. But more than rankings and accreditations, one can observe on a daily basis the energy and excitement that is available to our undergraduate students. Let's take a few minutes to share that experience. Discover a new kind of classroom, a new approach, undergraduate research. Discovery engages students and shapes the future. Discover professors who are at the top of their fields. Her reputation, of course, scares us all a little bit when we first meet her. You know, different professors are, are listed in, you know, national journals and they're, they're in newspapers for, you know, groundbreaking research or developing new programs. Practical experience of this uh, sort uh, makes a huge difference in, in, in the classroom. I hope that my students, uh, you know, can see in me an example of this type of uh, musically creative work. Um, environment. It's excellent, an excellent opportunity to share Antarctic science, exciting science, science of global significance with students in the classroom. Being surrounded by so many people who have worked so hard to accomplish their dreams, I felt like the whole world was open to me. In my own classes I try really to talk about film history and make, it, make them understand that film history is valuable because that's the way to understand what's going to happen next. You know, that's the kind of thing we can do for students, I think, here is to, you know, just give them the tools, but also convince them that they have to be using the tools and really, really working with them every day. Discover experiences in and out of the classroom. Where learning is an adventure. I want students to have a passion for learning, to have a passion for knowledge, to really want desperately to know everything. Where everything looks so tempting. He makes it a personal thing. He makes us, he makes his students part of the process. All semester we've been doing things in the classroom as a team, but now we're putting it out in an experiential activity. To 
try it, to test it out, to see how it works, see when it doesn't work, uh, learn to adapt when things don't go as planned. Our program is built on a philosophy that we He talks to you as you're a person, not such that it's like a speech he's got prepared for the class. He actually, he interacts with the class. There's multimedia uh, methods used. There's um, uh, discussion methods. All students have to take a seminar uh, here at the Law College before they graduate. So there's student presentations. There's one-on-one -on -one teaching opportunities. We have a huge thanks to say to our professors, Jerry Renault and Joe Storita, and our Dean Will Norton. I can't imagine having more hands-on experience than I did there. They're just around every corner, and they're, they're definitely, you know, nudging you in the direction. You'll go out there and get that hands-on experience. They're, they're right there opening the doors for you. And they came to us and said, we've got this enormous problem, you know, how can you help us? It was an assumption on this was, was very motivating. The professors are always challenging you to go a little further than you would be comfortable with or a little further than you would normally do if you didn't have them pushing you to. Having the experiences in classrooms, getting to know them, and like they're teaching philosophies, you just sort of figure out, you know, what it is they're here to do, and you, you get in inspired by that. Students take control of their own learning, discovering answers through undergraduate research. Students have the opportunity to work with faculty on the discovery and application of knowledge. Research is, is really one of the most important things that I've done here in, in order to reach my Well, I have another question, Dr. Adams. Discover a classroom that extends across the state. I would never have believed that I could take engineering courses in Long Pine, Nebraska. It gives me a certain satisfaction at the end of the day, at the end of the day to know that I've made something available to someone who wouldn't otherwise have it. At the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, excellence in teaching helps students find their place in the future. I, I spent three summers out at Cedar Point Biological Station. Oh, wow. Check that out. It's really one of the, the best run and most successful. good about giving me a place in his lab when I was a sophomore. Helped me along in that respect and taught me a lot about how to do science. In, in those professors, I found uh, obviously wisdom, talent, and, and a real sense of, of mentorship. It was uh, being a reporter um, from people who had been reporters, and it was learning to cover the news by covering the news. I became more of who I am I'm, I'm, you know, at the University of Nebraska than any other place. With the support of faculty and staff, UNL students discover their potential. They want you to do well. They genuinely want to see you succeed. They've been with me 100%. UNL has really brought me out of my cocoon and really let me grow. They're there for you when you need the help. I'm really um, connected with the students. Nebraska students are, are hardworking and want to learn and are dedicated and uh, you know you can't ask for more than that as a professor. The, actually the hardest part of my job occurs usually twice a year and that's in December and May when the students graduate and leave because I'd hate to see them go. I mean...
It's good to be reminded. As a faculty, you have entered the last lap of the race to implement the new achievement-centered education program for our undergraduate students. It has been a slow but thoughtful process. Curriculum is clearly the primary domain of the faculty and it has required faculty leadership for us to get this far. You have identified the objectives and learning outcomes that all undergraduates should achieve. You have identified a process by which these requirements should be provided. And most importantly, you have done so with the concurrence of all of the undergraduate colleges thus far. You must bring this effort home. By doing so, you will reduce unnecessary costs now imposed on students who change courses during their undergraduate experience. You will make our institution more accessible to students who entered higher education, engage undergraduate students and their parents about what it means to be a graduate of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. You will help to define the ingredients that confer the power of red that propel students toward adult success. A number of innovative programs are being considered within or between academic units that could enrich the undergraduate curriculum. The conversations around the formation of a university academy to stimulate interdisciplinary teaching, the current visual literacy program, the emerging effort to fashion a microbiology program among the life science units, and the successful creation of a major in plant biology crossing city and east campus units. All are examples of the exciting range of interaction between colleges. Over the past three years, committee of the University of Nebraska Foundation through the Initiative for Teaching and Learning Excellence Program for a variety of faculty-generated ideas to improve undergraduate education. Many of these were successful, put into practice within departments and colleges, and shared with the university community last March in a campus-wide teaching exposition. This year, we will invest $200,000 in the fourth iteration of the programs for proposals with an emphasis on the improvement of student writing. No topic generates more public concern than the perceived failure of graduates to express themselves in writing. Writing is not a natural life skill, but one that must be nurtured and polished, and it is one on which we should focus attention. Achievement-Centered Education Program. The University of Nebraska-Lincoln is small enough and creative enough to develop an innovative and effective student writing program. I will do what I can to find the additional resources necessary to make us a leader in that area. Engagement with the international community should also be high on our agenda as we prepare our students for their role in the global society. Through the efforts of Professor David Liu, we were awarded a Confucius Institute from the Chinese Ministry of Education the Institute will open this semester. Through that Institute, we will add faculty from China and other resources to expand Nebraskans' understanding of Chinese language and culture. I'm very pleased that modern languages will reinstate Chinese language. Jetong University City College for a degree completion program in which Chinese students will take the first two years of their undergraduate degree in China and complete their degree here at UNL and we are exploring similar programs with other foreign universities. Through these and other programs, we can bring the world to Nebraska for the benefit of our students and the benefit of all Nebraskans. As we attract more international students, we must pay attention to the reception and the support that they receive. 
We are exploring what additional student services this campus will require in order to, to assure that our international students are successful. And we are also inaugurating a campus-wide effort to help develop a focus and vision for our international programming in both teaching and research. We must also continue to pay attention to how our campus embraces and is perceived by domestic minorities. We are making very good progress in recruiting minority students to this campus. We will soon begin construction of the Jackie D. Gone Multicultural Center, which we hope will become a symbol of this university's recognition of the multicultural world in which we live. Indications are that this year's freshman class will illustrate our steadily increasing attractiveness to minority students. This place places additional responsibility on all of us to enhance the diversity of our faculty. We are making slow but steady progress. Over the past five years, we have increased our tenure track faculty of color from 120 to 135, and we see we should be pleased but not satisfied with this progress. Last year, some faculty members raised issues relating to a draft diversity plan and the Faculty Senate appointed a committee to modify that plan. I have invited the Senate to pay particular attention to elements of the plan that could lead to a more diverse faculty within the legal restraints that govern our hiring practices. I am hopeful they will develop some creative mechanisms to move us forward. However, I do not believe we can pause in our efforts while awaiting a final plan. Accordingly, I will be asking each academic unit to report to us on what steps they are taking to assure a diverse pool of candidates for open positions and how they intend to approach the recruitment and retention of such that can be more widely shared. Research is our second priority. We've had a remarkable five years in addressing our research priority. Our competitive research has doubled and our overall grants and contracts remain at historic highs. We have used the following video not to inventory our accomplishments, but to give alumni and citizens a sense of the excitement of our collective efforts. I thought you might enjoy seeing it. Imagine a laser more powerful than the sun. Vaccines that protect against disease. Imagination is the fire that fuels discovery. Imagine a laser that can be used as an X-ray source to pinpoint cracks in jet engines or look through cargo containers for bombs. In the Diocles Extreme Light Laboratory, scientists push the boundaries of what we know. This is kind of a super laser, a laser that will allow people to discover new scientific knowledge. Imagine finding solutions to global warming. The International ice in Antarctica to learn about global climate change. Imagine a bone replacement material that performs like the real thing. For example, if someone had a, a bone cancer 
there are cases where the bone is cut out and that you would like to replace it with something else. Testing at the University of Nebraska Dental College yields promising results. It's really one of the biggest breakthroughs I've seen. What if airport security staff could be armed with a tool that sniffs out hidden explosives? Chemist Jerry Harbison has discovered a unique sound signature given off by the peroxide-based explosives popular with terrorists. What we're going to try the size of a uh, cordless screwdriver and see if we can see the characteristic resonance frequencies of this class of explosives. Imagination shines light on problems facing our communities. Researchers track runaways in Midwestern cities to learn more about why kids leave home. The Healing Pathways program uses the cultural traditions of Native Americans to strengthen families. And children prepare for school with the help of a partnership between the university, parents, and teachers. The goal of our project is to work very closely with families to help families across the state of Nebraska understand the critical role that they play in their children's learning. Make life better. Imagine road improvements that curb accidents, bridges that are safer, sturdier, walls that bounce back. The Nebraska Transportation Center coordinates research into the areas of infrastructure, traffic, and transportation. Imagine a smaller piano keyboard that is easier to play, so musicians avoid injury. It not only makes it easier, but it improves accuracy. Um, you can practice passages for a longer period of time without being tired or fatigued. Imagine eating the food you love without raising your cholesterol. Nutrition scientist Tim Carr has created The university is exploring options to commercialize this promising discovery. Imagine following Lewis and Clark, reading the words of Willa Cather or the poetry of Walt Whitman. The Center for Digital Research in the Humanities provides tools that help scholars all over the world. It's democratizing knowledge, it's opening up access to, to everyone. Imagine the world of nanotechnology, where tiny particles have a giant-sized impact. Scientists produce high-performance nanofibers, discovering manufacturing methods and materials that will find their way into electronics and operating rooms, It moves forward with the help of magnetic particles that attach to tumors and deliver anti-cancer medication. And a device so small you can't see it gives robots human-like touch to help surgeons feel a tumor at the molecular level. We would be able to diagnose cancer very, very early at very, very early stages. Discovery in the lab yields results for agriculture. The flat iron steak developed by animal scientists has been so successful nationally, it adds more than a billion dollars in value to the beef industry every year. After years of research, UNL and Monsanto have signed an agreement to develop crops tolerant to the broadleaf herbicide dicamba. It's very gratifying to see that some good for agriculture in Nebraska and the United States. 
Discovery creates a vision for the future. The Shore Center for Computer Science and Engineering will consolidate research into one state-of-the-art facility. The Ken Morrison Life Sciences Research Center will allow scientists to continue their fight against devastating diseases. This is, uh, you know, exactly the area that we should be building in, in terms of the next 20 years. We should be thinking about the uh, health of, um, you know, Nebraskans and, and people around the country and around the world. Imagine a university where scientists create knowledge, share it with students, and discover new ways to improve lives. thank Dave Fitzgibbon and his creative team in University Communications for their efforts to make video one of our most successful communications mediums. Research plays an important role in how we define ourselves as a university and it affects the quality and nature of our educational programs as well as our relationships with the citizens of Nebraska. Our research is one basis on which we distinguish ourselves from other institutions of higher education and it is what I believe sometimes directly support. While our total sponsored programs increased last year, our pure research grants leveled off. The stagnation in federal funds for research in most federal agencies means we will have to work harder and smarter to continue our progress. Research success is not measured alone in dollars or grants awarded, but these are important metrics that measure the activity of many of our academic units. We have the talent and ambition within the faculty to succeed but we also need a broader engagement in research activities. Every academic unit with research responsibilities and opportunities should examine with it its own planning efforts, whether, it is a meeting, whether it's meeting its research obligations or taking advantage of the opportunities in terms of obligation, because I believe that is something imposed on us by being a research university. Research can also be a source of additional resources for the support of faculty and programs. Each dean and each department chair or head should provide leadership in this area. We have not yet fully realized our potential. The life sciences are critical to our research agenda. With Nebraska's economy so heavily dependent on agriculture, this university must be strong in life science research. I am reminded of the observation that, quote, despite his artistic pretensions, his sophistication, and his many accomplishments, man owes his existence to a six-inch layer of topsoil and the fact that it rains. Which to build with traditional research strength at the Institute of Agriculture and Natural Resources, as well as among the city campus life science units. We have high expectations for the School of Natural Resources, now that its faculty is largely contained in a single building with the synergies that that should provide. In this era of restrained resources, we will only succeed if we, are more integrate, we have a more integrated plan and vision for life sciences across our traditional organizational boundaries. We must plan wisely so that this university can continue to support both the applied research that our agricultural producers need currently, as well as research with more significant long-term potential. 
We have given Brian Larkins the responsibility to work. And I believe we are making progress. There are many examples of how collaboration sparks innovation. Last year, the University Center for Energy Sciences held a retreat with over 100 faculty in attendance to stimulate new thinking in this important field. The process generated over 40 mostly collaborative proposals for funding by the center from funds provided by the Nebraska Public Power District. We have just begun to tap the synergies lying dormant and undiscovered within our faculty. Our prior success in research has made some of our faculty more visible to other universities, and we sense a greater challenge in retention. To be sure, faculty have nomadic tendencies. We have achieved a status where we are recruiting faculty laterally from other distinguished institutions. Reciprocate, but we must engage in intensive efforts to retain our successful faculty here. Again, the leadership in the colleges and departments play a critical role, and those of us at the campus level stand ready to provide you as much assistance as possible to be successful in this endeavor. Our research success continues to be restrained by some, in some disciplines by the inadequacy of our physical resources. The good news is that the flood control aspects of the Antelope Valley Project will, it appear, be completed in 2009, a, fully two, a full two years early. This will free approximately 60 acres of university land from the restrictions of the floodplain and open them for construction of the university's research corridor. Research facilities along Antelope Creek from R Street on the south to beyond Vine Street on the north. Phase one of that corridor includes over 80 million of construction with the new physical sciences building, the renovation of Whittier, a nanoscience building, and an additional life science research facility. The renovation of Whittier, approved by the Board of Regents in June, also revives our longstanding effort to have campus-based childcare. We will soon open the Ken Morrison Life Science Research Center on East Campus for our virology center. And we're hopeful that a $2 million planning grant obtained by Senator Nelson in the Senate Agricultural Appropriations Bill will be signed by the President. This ultimately could result in a $50 million federal of our own collaborating scientists. You are all aware of the 2015 Vision Group, a group of Lincoln business leaders who have placed their support behind 10 projects that are proposed for downtown Lincoln both in the public response to its proposals and within the 2015 Vision Group itself, development of the research corridor has the highest priority. In late July 2015, announced almost $10 million of private philanthropy directed to research corridor projects. I am hopeful that additional private funds will be identified to help make this a reality. Phase one of the corridor is not an optional project for us. It is a necessity if we are to have any chance of sustaining our research growth. It is become the research crescent. From its early history as a university, the city and east campuses have been separated by geography as well as by tradition and culture. In the last few years, the programmatic linkages have been strengthened and we are starting to see the potential of a strong Institute of Agriculture and Natural Resources working collaboratively with the other academic colleges. At this point in time, we have a unique opportunity to link our campuses geographically as well. The University acquisition of State Fair Park, 
could serve as a bridge that connects the campuses. It would provide space for a unique public and private sector research development effort, as well as economic growth for Nebraska. This expansion of the university. The future success of the State Fair is better assured if it were located at a different location because the scarcity of land and the aging infrastructure at its current site limits its potential. The 2015 movement has energized and engaged the Lincoln community. While we are a statewide university, our success in terms of recruitment of students and faculty depends heavily on the success of Lincoln in becoming an exciting community for young people. As I believe the university is poised for its greatest decade of success, with 2015, I believe Lincoln now has opportunities to grow and prosper as never before. The other pillars of 2015, the new hotel conference center arena and arts and humanities facilities in the Haymarket. The private development of P and Q streets into a vibrant shopping district, the creation of the downtown plaza and the potential for a university linked retirement center on our street all foretell an exciting community as well as opening an array of opportunities for us in research, in teaching, and in serving Nebraska. Let me quickly turn to some internal matters that I think are important in sustaining our momentum. I have periodically confessed my conversion to strategic planning as a method to advance a university, particularly in an era of shrinking resources. As with most of the converted, I have become a true believer hopefully of the substance and not the ritual. Like Dilbert demonstrates management's inability to think clearly. I still think that the worst risk of a plan is that one will follow it blindly instead of seeing the opportunities that emerge spontaneously. But Yogi Berra was right when he said, you got to be careful if you don't know where you're going because you might not get there. The deans have been gracious guinea pigs in our search for a planning process that makes sense, and they have wittingly and unwittingly contributed to its current configuration. Planning is hard work. At a minimum, it has been successful in giving those of us at the campus level a better understanding of what the colleges are trying to accomplish and a means to be supportive of those efforts where we can. Plan informed by our experience and the planning well underway in the colleges. We are calling it a strategic compass, for it is built on and reflects the planning already completed and will attempt to articulate a general direction for the campus. After interactions with the deans, we hope to have a draft that the campus can review and critique as soon as possible. There should be no mistake of my intention to make strategic planning the primary process for organizing our decision making. Almost every aspect of the university is increasingly dependent on information technology. I can remember feeding punch cards into a machine as large as a room when I was a law student, and now I sometimes feel that my entire life is contained in my BlackBerry. Our community now follow us everywhere. My family's recent trip photos include me on the pyramids of Mexico and on the Great Wall of China doing email. I checked out our earlier trip photos and found a lot of them with me asleep on the beach. Something has gone astray. 
We are fortunate to have a very skilled and dedicated individuals who manage our IT, and they scramble valiantly to respond to the demands of this campus. With the, introdu the introduction of any new technology, there is inevitably a period of discontinuity and experimentation where an institution struggles to keep pace with the freelance curiosity and innovation of its faculty and staff. I believe it is a particularly with regard to how we are serving the campus, how we manage competing demands, and how we pay for these services. We need a master plan, one that builds upon but is not driven by the current accretion of activities that has occurred haphazardly in response to accelerating technological change. Over the course of the year, I intend to seek outside assistance to help us objectively think through these important and very complex issues. I will assure you that the entire campus community will have input on these matters. Let me proceed the rest of this speech with a heartfelt thanks to all of you for your patience and forbearance. I can think of at least two initiatives that I know have caused considerable frustration. I still been a dean or a faculty member. I do not think I have been fully successful in assuring each of you a best friend at work. or even convincing you that that's an important question. <laughs> the Gallup survey has been illuminating for some and a tempting target for extraordinarily bad humor from others. I know of some units that are better places to work because of this initiative. I know of others that were provoked to invent their own methods for testing and improving the climate in the workplace. And I know of still others Resistance through resistance to the Gallup process. <laughs> I'm not prepared to declare defeat on this one, but I'm not prepared to declare a wholesale victory either. Intellectually, I continue to think the Gallup process is the type of process that holds the best hope for improving the climate for faculty and staff, and yet it has been a challenge, and I acknowledge it, to tailor it for the academic enterprise. This would be the year we would take the survey for the third time. Instead, I am devoting those resources to enhancing training opportunities for those in leadership positions, particularly in the academic units who have responsibilities for matters relating to workplace climate. It holds the keys to successful lives for our students, and it opens prospects for economic growth and prosperity for our community and the state. With such importance and responsibilities, it would be a sad situation if even one of our employees didn't get up each morning stimulated to get to work and make a difference. At the same time, I wouldn't want us to go through an entire year without a survey. <laughs> through the efforts of campus recreation, we will each have the opportunity to take, voluntarily, a health assessment survey as an initial step in implementing a campus wellness program for faculty and staff. I promise there will be no man. But this university ought to promote wellness as an alternative to ever rising healthcare costs 
Ours will be a modest program until a system-wide program initiated by President Milliken is developed and implemented. I am prepared to declare victory in our efforts to align our publications so that they clearly reflect the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Here again, I appreciate the frustration of those whose creativity seemed restrained by templates, toolboxes, and design standards. While little skirmishes continue to erupt from time to time, the logo wars seem to be behind us. Frankly, I hope you agree with me, privately if not publicly, that on balance, our efforts to give UNL exceeding. Last year in this speech, I launched a similar effort on our websites. We developed templates with the hope that at least the top level of websites flying under the UNL banner would transmit a sense of coherent institution. Under the direction of the Web Developers Network, led by Bob Chrysler, we have tried to engage the campus in conversations about the web and its realignment. This medium is increasingly important to us for communicating the richness and quality of this university, and we just cannot take its development for granted. Happily, we currently have all of our colleges and the great majority of our upper-level websites in conformity with our templates and almost all units are in the process of complying. As I surf UNL-EDU, but also a rich diversity of presentations that reflects the diversity of the units represented. I regard myself as a very fortunate chancellor indeed to have a faculty and staff who have been willing to humor me in these initiatives and at least haven't yet lynched me in effigy. It is said that the conclusion of a speech is the place where the speaker simply got tired of thinking. Some may have thought that occurred earlier today. <laughs> I suspect like you, there are some mornings when it's difficult to get up and face the responsibilities that await us, whether it's the struggle to find out another way to present material so the students will finally understand to prove a yet elusive theory, or to answer one again a common inquiry by students or faculty, or to perform the invisible task that keeps this university functioning. Some of us, now burdened with the additional weight of a Medicare card in our wallets, can be excused for starting slower. But I hope, like me, that when you approach the campus, you feel the vibrancy and excitement of this place, that you reflect on the successes we have shared and the potential we have before us, and that you are energized and reinvigorated by the power of red. It has been my practice to open myself for questions at the end of these remarks. It has been your practice to sit quietly or impatiently waiting lunch. Thank you very much. <laughs>